Good morning and welcome to another episode of Memo by Guide Legal. My name is Jackie and today we are going to talk about um, certain clauses that you can include in your coaching agreement. If you're an online coach, in-person coach, um, this is just legal education. I <laughs> to add this disclaimer at the beginning. This is just legal education, um, generally applicable to a, generally, a general audience. Even if certain things I discuss seem very similar or exact to your particular situation, the application of those hypothetical facts to your situation is at your own risk. Please consult an attorney in a one-on-one -on -one situation to get specifics about your particular legal situation. There are no guarantees. Again, this is just broad, general legal education, giving you some things to think about as you create your coaching agreements, either by yourself with a DIY template or a custom agreement, um, a fully thought out agreement with a personal family attorney. So coaching agreement. Um, a lot of these things will be similar to a membership program or an online course agreement because you're essentially doing a similar thing, but in a different format. You're providing a service coaching, but the coaching agreement is usually in a one-on-one -on -one format versus a membership course. It's more generally applicable. You have to think about like group dynamics, whereas coaching agreement, there's a client-coach relationship and there's... Um, a higher level expectation of privacy. Obviously, if you share your issues in a group, the other people in the group are going to hear you versus if you're one-on-one -on -one with a client, you're going to um, have a higher duty or a different duty of confidentiality. So in this episode, I'm just gonna run through different sections. This is by no means exhaustive. Again, just giving you some things to think about. So when you start your coaching agreement, make sure you define all the parties who is involved in this agreement. If you're using shorthand, um, make sure you define those shorthands. Um, so it's like Jackie, coach, and then Sarah, client or party, whatever, whatever. And um, what is the desire here? The client desires to retain coach um, for particular services. And now, therefore, in consideration of mutual covenants and agreements, in consideration means an exchange of value. So in consideration, that's the legal term where we... Um, <laughs> In the old school cases, we induce someone to make a detriment and detriment receives a benefit in return. That's the old, old school cases. And that's the language I use. In law school, I had a contracts professor. He was summa cum laude everywhere, BYU um, School of Law, and I think also undergrad. And he was just very, he was, I loved having him as a contracts professor because he was, he knew what he was talking about. He worked for a big law firm and then he came back to teach had like eight kids um but he was just yeah he he knew all the history philosophical ins and outs of the law which i really enjoyed having him as a teacher because i feel like that's how my mind works too um but yeah anyway so in consideration for the mutual covenants and agreements here we go and then now we're going to explain the specific agreement so defining the relationship oh this is like dtr which by the way I did not, this is me being old school. I did not know what DTR meant. Someone once said this to me like, oh yeah, that's when we were DTR or whatever. I was like, what, the, what is DTR? Like define a relationship. I was like, oh, okay. And I was trying to think of my prior experiences. I was like, I never really did that. Like the relationship was defined by day one. I'm here because I'm looking at you for a long-term-ish. And if you, think, if you think that's great, then that's why you're involved with me. If, if you're not looking for something long-term, then I don't have time. Like I just don't. And I'm going to do my own thing. I don't know. That's that's how my daddy raised me. So that's, <laughs> that's what I've always done. And it was just interesting hearing like the DTR thing. And I was like, okay, um, client coach relationship. So coach and client, you know, what are your agreements? 
Um, is there any specific limitations on who can be a client? Obviously, within the scope of non-discrimination. Um, the client-coach relationship can also be determined um, by kind of a health or medical relationship. So if you're not a doctor, you want to put your disclaimers here, like, hey, like we're going to be talking about like medically related things, um, mental health related things, but I do not have a license in those areas. I am not a medical doctor. I'm not treating a disorder. We are just talking. We are just talking in a private capacity. So you really, in this first section, define defining the relationship, your DTR section, make sure you're clearly defining what you are doing and also what you are not doing and the limitations of what you do, just so it's very clear. Because, you know, the worst thing is, is to enter into a DTR or I guess defining the relationship, but you weren't like very specific on your terms. And then when a conflict happens, you're like, oh, wait, we never talked about that or we talked about it, but it was clearly not clear. And then you're like in for this mess. So anyway, um, next is services. So once you define the relationship, you want to define the services. Uh, what is the frequency of the service? How long is the meeting? What happens in between meetings? Like how much are you available for phone calls and emails? Um, how many number of coaching of sessions? What's the method of delivery? Are there any other um, deliverables that are involved? There are workbooks, are there um, renewals are they what happens like when people cancel what happens if they have to change time like do they forfeit the session or are they able to reschedule so all of those things should be considered in describing your services and then the next section of course the fees so how much is due and when is it due come up with your fee schedule include a payment plan authorization whenever you collect credit card information you need to be authorized to run that card and making sure that you have those on files in case any disputes happen um, is really wise because let's just say this can happen and has happened. A client like gives you their credit card authorization, but then they ask for a refund and you don't give it because in your policy, you're like, you don't qualify for a refund, but then they realize that you didn't collect an authorization properly from them. So they can go to the credit card company and say that you committed fraud, which technically speaking, you did, even though that was not your intent, on paper, you did because you were not authorized to use that card specifically. So just CYA, cover your assets. Always make sure that you have a credit card authorization on file. And then this also goes to your privacy policy and your terms of use and terms and conditions, right? You have various levels of protection. I hate, I don't like to always like use the word protection because some people don't like um, feeling like the world's coming at them. But the quite, the fact of the matter is, is like things happen that are unexpected. So we need to plan for the unexpected and try to, you know, put up walls and try to make sure that we um, have reasonably prepared to endure any storms. And it goes back to my story of the wise man and the foolish man building their house on the sand and house on the, on the rock. They both encountered storms, but the one who was prepared, who thought about kind of the worst case scenarios, like, What's happening if this storm is to occur? I want to make sure that my time spent building this house is um, well invested. I don't have to reinvent the wheel later on. So, huh, I'm going to build my house in the sand and I'm going to build it out. <laughs> I think about the three little pigs. That's another similar story. You have this big bad wolf. Um, I'm going to build a house of bricks instead of a house of straw. So it's literally the same story in different form. House on um, solid foundation, house in the sand. When the storms come, the house on the sand is no longer standing, even though they both had houses. Same thing with the three little pig story. You had a house of straw, you had a house of bricks, you had a house of, I don't know, what's the, what the other house? I forget. 
But the big bad wolf comes, and what happens? The house full of brick is still there, and the pig's protected, which it just reminded me of that story. I'm having a side. I need to get back to this, but there's a side story where there's that, like, three little pigs, but it's, like, the story of the wolf. Um, I have to go read that again, because I really enjoyed that story growing up, and I completely forget what that, that narrative was. Anyway, okay, so payment plans, refunds, procedure and schedule, scheduling cancellations, okay? Now, a big part of client coaching relationships is the confidentiality. So making sure that your confidentiality agreements are very clear. You may have a general confidentiality agreement um, on your website. So when you have, going back to the original statement, when you have the general um, terms and conditions, confidentiality um, agreements on your website, it's kind of like that, you know, final catch-all barrier that let's just say you miss something in a specific agreement Oh, you can always refer them back to the general agreements. You're basically building two walls of protection. Well, really three. First, you have your relationship with the person, your interpersonal skill. How are you able to kind of like de-escalate conflict without the use of legal tools? Okay, legal tools meaning written agreements in this case. Okay, like let's say your interpersonal um, relations, it's kind of eh, not working out so well. So now you have the actual specific agreement to that specific relationship. So here, the individual coaching agreement. And let's say they say, oh, you didn't get my credit card authorization, da, 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 fraud. But then now you have your general layer of protection where actually, you know, in the terms and conditions, if you do these things, I was impliedly authorized to, um, to charge your card and so on and so forth. Or you can just have the system where they input the credit card information themselves and they receive the subscription notice themselves and they have a process for canceling the subscription themselves and also put it on the client and so on and so forth. So the point of what I'm saying is having multiple layers of agreements and this goes back to confidentiality. You'll have a specific confidentiality clause in your specific agreement, but also having that in your um, general agreements on your website um, for your business. So coach, client, um, what are the terms of, uh, what is confidential information first that would be shared? And then what are the terms of sharing that confidential information? And this really comes down to like testimonials and public comments or sharing public stories, um, right? You know, you should generally not use the person's name if you're going to use their story in marketing or sharing the story or so, so on and so forth. Speak in generalities. However, there are some times where you want specific comments labeled to a specific person, making sure that you're clear with the client and the client is clear of how you're going to use their information, be it photos, be it their actual words, be it their comments, be it the results, and so on and so forth. And um, making sure you also define who owns the copy right to that, right? Obviously, if a person speaks a comment or a person creates something who is your client, that is their original copyright that comes from their, their energy, their original creation. However, because that creation was mixed with your creation, where does that copyright go? Does it go with the coach or does it go with the client? So making sure that the client understands that if you use their image likeness words, that you as a coach are now taking that copyright because now you're creating it for a different purpose and so on and so forth. So having that clear there and um, the client to, you know, if they want to own the right to use specific words that they're gonna to have to say, no, actually like whatever words I speak to you are gonna stay with me and I don't want you using them. So this is actually a really interesting point because clients, let's say you have a client who also has a business and then you of the coach has a business. And if you're in similar businesses, there is a shared marketplace there. So really defining, it's like defining the DTR, defining the relationship, DTS, defining the service, 
and DTC defining the copyright, who gets the copyright, who gets the IP rights. Um, the more specific you can be about that ahead of time, uh, the less conflict you're going to engage in the future. But it also it helps you like when you're running your business, have a very clear idea of like the processes, the mechanisms, skeleton that holds that business together. Okay, next termination, who can terminate the agreement? And then at the end, I'm not going to go through these again. Um, specifically, I think in the future, I will have an episode on each of like these like boilerplate terms and conditions, um, boilerplate clauses in general. And then I will go through like specific boilerplate clauses and boilerplate clauses are clauses that every contract should have because these are just general contract issues can, that can happen. Um, just because of the nature of the written agreement and the transaction that you're entering into. So like boilerplate agreements include, you know, number one, this is the entire agreement. It's kind of like the small print at the end. This is the entire agreement. No other um, words or agreements um, that have preceded this that make concurrently with this are valid. This agreement exists only within the four corners of this paper because there is plenty of case law where attorneys can use that if you do not state that, you can start bringing in additional evidence that becomes very complicated, litigation costs can get very high, is all the documents and everything. So this is the entire agreement. Severability is another boilerplate term. So if any term or provision of the agreement is found invalid, that does not invalidate the entire contract, only that term or provision. Amendments, what's the availability of amendments? So are you able to amend the contract or are you going to put a provision in there that if you amend it, we need to throw away this entire contract? You have to make sure that every time you amend an agreement that you just throw away the old one so everybody's clear. I, I don't know why attorneys don't do that because it's just like you have word processing tools. It's very easy to revoke and put that clause in there and just make sure that it's signed, dated. Um, we don't need to be, you know, just create it in the new agreement. If you'd like the clause from a prior agreement, just put it in the new agreement. You don't need to put all these annotations. Just have a clean state, okay? That's that's the end of my soapbox on that. So, and I think I, I see this because I see like older wills and I'm like, who wrote this? Um, why didn't you just revoke prior wills? Anyway, waiver, um, no waiver of the party shall be effective unless it's expressed. So waiver um, means that I'm going to delay in exercising. I'm not going to exercise a power or privilege. Um, what this is saying is just make sure everything is in writing. It goes back to the terms of the agreement within these four corners. Um, and then finally, a boilerplate clause, relationship of the parties. How are we resolving disputes? Are we arbitrating? What state are we resolving it in? And so on and so forth. Make sure you sign date by the parties, notarized if necessary. And, you know, for me, coming from the wills, um, there's a lot of, if you have agreements and wills, there's a lot of self-attestation um, that requires notarization. So having additional witnesses, because when you have a notary, you have additional proof of the strength and validity of the writing. So thinking, I mean, I don't think a coaching agreement is going to need a notary, but I don't know what type of businesses are out there. Um, the notary just adds an extra layer of protection, uh, if that's you. So that is all for today's episode on coaching agreements. Tomorrow, we are going to go over, um, just looking at my checklist. So we had uh, coaching agreements for single, like one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then next, we'll have group coaching agreements, and then we'll go into guest agreements, copywriting agreements, and some employee agreements, and so on and so forth. We're actually in Gemini, too. I had 
a, um, I didn't want to say a rough weekend. Yeah. No, Jackie was rough. It was rough emotionally. So as you know, I do like, um, study archetypal psychology through the use of astrology. And sometimes I'm like very skeptical. I want to believe this. And I try to like put it out of my mind. But then when you start having all these like emotions randomly and then start like feeling certain ways and you're like, oh, they were saying this was coming through. Sometimes you're just like, is this real? I don't know. I just kind of live my life. But anyway, this past weekend, there was a quote grand water shrine, which is when three uh, planets, I'm not going to get into it specifically, but three planets in three major water signs, they come together in a very supportive um, aspect. Aspect means in relation to each other. And it was just, it was just a rough weekend. So that's why this one is um, a little bit like spacey right now. I feel like I'm still recovering from that. If that, that's such a thing, right? It sounds so crazy. It sounds so crazy. I'm hearing myself speak. I'm like, that sounds so crazy. But anyway, Gemini 2. So Gemini 2 means the sun is in between 11 and 20 degrees of Gemini, the constellation of Gemini. Um, everybody has something in Gemini in their natal chart. You might have planets, but you have it as a house and all the planets transit through Gemini. And Gemini is basically communication um, in the visual representations represented by the lovers, opposite of Capricorn. Um, the imagery is interesting here if you if you like to cite these things. But anyway, I say all this to say is that why that's why in Gemini 2 we're talking about contracts. So I'm just using like very basic symbolism to help guide my syllabus here on the podcast. And we're at 15 degrees. It's just <laughs> what's interesting too. So in traditional astrology, um, when a planet is within three degrees of another planet, that's called like the um, the engagement range, right? So obviously, if the closer you are, the more engaged you are, uh, the more impact it's going to feel. And right now, the sun is at 15 degrees Gemini, 1539. And my Chiron, <laughs> Chiron is at 16 degrees Gemini in my natal chart. So it's like weird. That I'm like having a lot of communication issues, especially yesterday. Yeah, I, I knew to record yesterday's podcast like last week because I'm like, something's going to happen on Monday. I don't know. And here we are. So I was, I just need to take the day off yesterday. But um, yeah, so we're almost at 16 degrees. Chiron, generally speaking, I'm just rambling for those of you who are still here. Chiron is the wounded healer. And you can, everybody has Chiron somewhere uh, in their chart. I don't know. I'm, I'm still a beginning astrology student. I don't know if it's like an asteroid or something. It might be. So um, actually, I can probably just pull it up. Chiron, the wounded healer, represents our emotional and physical wounds. See, Jackie. It reveals a part of us that is hurt, small, and vulnerable. We are encouraged to heal our wounds and then look beyond personal realms to see the suffering of others to become teachers and healers in this area. So basically speaking, like, if you were to have a scar, that's where your Chiron is. So my Chiron's in the fourth house in Gemini. So um i was just read i'm just reading the computer generated reports you know generally and then you can apply it to your own chart so chiron and gemini you may not trust your own thought processes or you may have fear communicating with others you may have suffered a communication problem as a child early schooling may have been painful you have also the ability to tap into universal or spiritual creative ideas you may teach in a way that benefits humanity uh, so all of that above is very true. I was very bullied. Um, did have communication problems. Started with singing, actually. Um, I had had an event that happened in my life where I used to sing a lot as a child. And I just, there was one, one single event and it just shut it down for good. Um, 
singing, and that's a whole story in and of itself. And then early schooling. So I had moved in sixth grade. I was like very, I don't know, popular in like early elementary school, if there is such a thing. But then, you know, there's new people that came in. I became like very bullied. And in one school that I was in, I was very bullied because like I had a boyfriend. Like this is like fifth grade. This is so stupid, but it's, it's impactful because these things like happen at a very young age and you're not like mentally there. So you get, it's a very emotional experience. And um, there was a lot of that. And I like lost all my friends because of course, like the guy, I don't know. I just, I just couldn't do it. And I just gave him to the other girl. So I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. I don't have time for this. So I'm in fifth grade. Like I don't have time for this. So I just gave him to the other girl. And then she like turned everybody against me. It was like really, really crazy actually. And then that's when like, I became like really quiet. I wasn't like as quiet. I was very, it was interesting. I was very um, outgoing in elementary school until like that moment, like fifth grade. And then I moved to a new school in sixth grade and like literally the same thing happened. Um, there, you know, people first made fun of me because I was the only one to get all A's. And then, um, you know, the boy, he liked me and I like quote stole him from like the popular girl. I didn't even try. It's probably just because I was new and exotic. Quite frankly, he needed a change of scenery. So yeah, that happened. And then I remember I like broke up with him randomly for whatever reason. I didn't, I don't know. I'm only in sixth grade and I don't know. So that's what happened. And very bullied from that up until high school to like college is able to get out of it anyway so that's my long sob story I'm sure everybody has one and then Chiron in the fourth house early in your life you may have felt rejected by your family your home life may have been painful as you face your pain and find inner resources you'll develop compassion and an ability to help others heal their wounds so I'm an estate planning attorney for a reason and my Chiron and Gemini in the fourth house probably informs that reason and right now, y'all, it's coming out. I'm at 15 degrees, Gemini, the sun, and is engaging with my Chiron at 16 degrees, Gemini, in the fourth house of my natal chart. So anyway, I say all that to say, tomorrow, <laughs> let's take exit from that emo experience. Tomorrow, we will go into group coaching agreements, then guest teacher agreements, and so on and so forth. Thank you all for sticking around and listening to my stop story, but it hopefully it can be helpful because you can see how I engage with my natal chart. So, you know, you can pull your own natal chart for free and find where Chiron is and figure out the house. And um, you can even pull up some on the, on the computer generated report here. It is just as good. It gives you some place to start. Um, and that's it. Okay, thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next time.